Welcome to Making Our Way podcast, where we take a deep dive into the projects and creative process of our fellow makers. I'm Austin from High Caliber Craftsman, and I'm excited to join you for this episode with Dean Duplantis and Christy from Twisted Twine Woodworking. Hey guys, good to see you this week. Hey, man. hey. Dean, I saw you're working on a big old slab of wood. What, what are you doing? Yeah, so that's this beam. It's a pine beam I got uh, back in February. And as soon as I got it, I knew what it was going to be. Probably supposed to be a mantle or something, but this is going to be a, a side table for our couch. We've got this section on the side of the couch. It's about eight, 10 inches wide. This beam is going to fit perfectly in it. And it's the side of the couch that we've got a chase lounge type seat on. So I've got this long beam that's going to run the whole length of it. And I've got a lot of great ideas, but it's been a process. The beam was dirty and nasty and full of all kind of whatever. Uh, and I needed to square it up. So over the last few weeks, uh, if you follow me on my stories, you've seen, I, I squared it up with a hand plane that was new for me. Uh, and then I used, you know, the Austin ice pick to clean out some of the grooves. Um, I made a jig to flatten the two sides, get the two sides flat because it was too thick to use a saw and too heavy to put up on my bandsaw. And so now I'm ready to start building. And so the first thing I did on Friday, I got the feet position figured out. I put the mounting inserts in for all the feet, bolted the feet on. They're going to work. I took the feet back off so I could work on it. And then there was this crack that ran down the side that I had thought I was going to do an epoxy pour in. But the more I looked at it, the wood was really kind of rotten and it had a lot of bug trails in it. And I didn't want to waste a bunch of time with epoxy soaking in and air bubbles coming out. So I took a chisel and really went to town, just rutting out all this dead wood. And now I've got this nice, um, decent size vacancy down the side that I'm going to cut out some real beefy walnut bow ties and put the bow ties on the side. And so I'm ready to do that next. But before I could get there, I wanted to find the right piece of wood. So I cleaned out my whole lumber rack, put it all over the place. And I went through and made some executive decisions on <laughs> what was scrap and what was keep. Picked out my walnut for this, these bow ties and put everything back on the lumber rack. It's the first time since February that I haven't had you know, piles of wood all around my shop that I'm stepping over, stepping on. And so I'm at a good place to move forward. It was a good weekend. Good deal. I'm sure it's nice to get the shop straightened up a little bit. That would drive me crazy. Yeah, it was definitely driving me a little bit crazy. So Christy, uh, you sent us a text over the weekend. You had uh, some real good news on your end. Yes, we, uh, we found a house and have a contract on it. So now we're just going through the uh, many steps of, of getting ready to uh, close on Marvin's house and then, uh, and then hopefully close on, on this one soon too. Um, the good news is we, we found a house. The bad news is it does not have a shop at all. Uh, but then the good news is that means we get to plan and build one. Opportunity. So, yeah, it's, um, it, you know, there's something about having some form of, I don't know that restrictions is the right word, but some form of template to work off of. Um, to start from scratch, in my mind, is a little bit daunting, exciting, extremely exciting. Um but it'd be different if there was some sort of shed or barn that'd be like, okay, well, this is what we're starting with and this is what we want to change it to. So starting from scratch is a very different perspective altogether. Yeah. It's overwhelming. It's like when I go to the buffet, you know, there's just so yeah. many options overwhelmed <laughs> by the options. And that's how you end yeah. up with pizza nuggets and sushi on the same plate. Exactly. So when you're going to plan your shop, try to try to pick a, at least stay Italian or stay, <laughs> you know, pescatarian. Don't get too wild. 
you don't need a shop that's got like a roll up window and, you know, crazy doors. So, yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this a lot over the next, however many months uh, this process takes, but, but I'm definitely glad at least we're, we're at this point and um, it's exciting. Definitely exciting. Uh, for sure. would be like, let's go big. Yeah. Let's go as big as possible. I think you should <laughs> build a shop over your house. Like the house should be in the shop. Well, a barn dominium. There you go. Well, there have been, we have seen some of those um, for sale as we've been looking for houses. The one thing that's kind of peculiar or not peculiar, but it might be uh, odd limitations is the landscaping because um, it goes uphill, even though we're just on an acre. It's not, you know, we don't have a huge plot of land or anything, um, but there's a definite, uh, definite hill in the background. So it's just trying to figure out what, what we can work with. And there's a lot of trees, which of course I'd like to keep the trees. Um, so, uh, but, you know, even putting, figuring out, putting it, putting a, some sort of gravel road or drive or whatever you want to call it to the shop and running electric and running, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's definitely a lot to take into consideration. Thankfully, Marvin is in contracting and he knows a few, a lot about that. So it's definitely going to yeah. make it a whole lot easier. Tough for him to have that this pocket when you're trying oh, yeah. to build, build this place out. Yep, definitely. So Austin, um, what were you playing Farmer Brown this weekend? What was with the <laughs> tractor and the trees? Yeah. So our mulberry trees, which apparently are a lot bigger than the mulberry trees down in Texas is, <laughs> is what I've come to learn. Um, they're really high up and my boys wanted to pick mulberries. So I, I'm like, dad, well, how are we doing this? And he's like, hang on, I'm going to go get the tractor. <laughs> he comes back with the tractor, a chain, and um, it's like a snatch them strap, wraps it around the tree. And he's like, let's I lay down these tarps and tell the boys to stand underneath with a bucket on their head. <laughs> We're going to play a game. Who can catch the most mulberries? And they, they get the, to eat the pie first, right? So, of course, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're doing this and I'm going to film it. Um, so, and he's just wailing the tree, just shaking it like crazy back up the tractor and just slamming it. And it's just pouring, pouring mulberries down on my kids. And we set, we set down all the tarps and then we would just tarp everything in. Right. And, uh, so it was pretty cool. And, and my son, he saw he's five and he saw how the mulberries were staining his hands. And he was like, daddy, can you color stuff with this? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm sure like the native Americans would have used something like mm -hmm. that to color stuff or, or, you know, and, uh, he's like, well, that would be really cool if we could make a, um, make a, like a keychain for me out of leather. And then we use these to dye it. And oh, I was wow. like, Oh dude, we're oh, totally doing this. Yeah. We're totally going to do it. So I'm, I'm in the process of like trying to figure out like, you know, most leather dyes are alcohol based. So I'm like, okay, well, if we just put in some alcohol and, pro and like smash them up, it probably would work. You know, I need to consult with some leather professionals to see what they think about that. But, but who cares? Let's just go for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> And if nothing else, he'll just be pumped to have his mulberry keychain. Yeah, what a great well, project. And you've mentioned a time or two how you, you are looking forward to the day as the kids want to get more involved with these different projects. And I mean, it's kind of funny how a tractor and mulberries could really be something that really, you know, just just brings your boys right into the shop to do these kind of very creative projects. It's It's so... 
like the, a kid's mind is just so weird. Mm-hmm. You, you just never know where, where it's going to go. And, and so, but any excuse for me to get him and I'm like, Oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, yeah. Let's definitely do it. And uh, so he's all pumped and he's talking about like, he's going to stand, you know, cause I've got all the letter stamps mm-hmm. so you can take some veg tan, wet it tool in a leather uh, in, in a, a letter. So he's going to get a big old B, you know, to put on his keychain for Ben. And uh, so he's pumped. So this week, that's what I'm, I'm diving into. That's going to uh, be great. I think I'm actually going to make a YouTube video. You oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just, I mean, if it's a total fail, who cares? You know, right. I, I, I really, the videos are for me, you know, and I can look back in 10 years when he was five, you know, back when he's 15 and he's driving me freaking nuts and <laughs> I want to kill him. I'll look back and be like, God, look at him when he was five. He was such a good kid. You know, <laughs> what the hell happened? <laughs> He grew up like his dad. That's what probably yeah, is going to happen. Yeah, what a, yeah, what an asshole. <laughs> hey, looks like the guest showed up. How's it going? Oh, hey. All right. Hey, everybody. We are joined today by Stevie from Built by Stevie. How are you doing today, Stevie? I'm doing pretty good. Excited to talk to you guys. Awesome. And if you don't know Stevie, you probably should. She is a carpenter in the Nashville area, custom cabinetry, custom furniture. Why don't you give us your, you know, a little about you, Stevie? Yeah, absolutely. So originally from South Florida and moved to Nashville about 10 years ago and bought my first house, decided to start fixing it up. And I used a saw for the first time uh, about seven years ago. And that started kind of a, let's uh, see what I can build in my garage and started just building random stuff. And then next thing I know, lost my job and it turned it. And then my hobby turned into something that was keeping me busy while I was looking for new jobs. And then that hobby turned very busy and turned into a (laughs) full-time job. And so now Built by Stevie has been a company since uh, 2015. So we're on year six. And that right there, that is everything like that's the dream right there the, <laughs> to get kicked down and then find a way to pick yourself up. And it's not like, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak. I know Austin does business, but I know that if you're building stuff, like it's more than that. It's the bookkeeping. It's the finding clients. It's, it's a struggle. And somehow you've pulled this all together and built this amazing brand with this amazing reputation. And we are so excited to have you on here. Yeah. Um, there were a few things, you know, we're a podcast that's focused on projects and I know you've got a, a book of projects to talk about, but one thing I was really excited to hear more about is your shop. You've got this beautiful uh, shop that you built a few years ago and I would just love to get deep into that. You know, what went into the design of it? Uh, how did you come up with the size? Was it um, permitting? Was it budget? Was it uh, your space? You know, just really from the slab up, I'd love to hear about this shop of yours. Yeah, totally. So I originally started in my garage. So, you know, 330 something square feet to like a two car garage. And I went from a garage to a, like a retail office, like, uh, like one of those, it's like just a big warehouse. Essentially there were, there was like a construction company. There was an alarm company. There was a daycare, kind of all of that. And here (laughs) is a woodworking company sandwiched in between, um, which we did tell them, Hey, we're using like loud tools. And they're like, Hey, that's fine. Um, yeah, drown out these kids. Yes. What was funny is the (laughs) construction company next door was a drywall construction company. 
they 100% were like, hey, we're going to come over and put more drywall and insulation in the wall so we don't hear you. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Which was funny. But anyways, that shop was, I was there for four years and the shop was six, like just 15, about 1500 square feet and Mm -hmm. 20 by like 50, 60 around there. I forget how it ended up being. A good size. It wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first walked in the shop, I'm like, okay, like, I don't even have enough tools for this thing. And, you know, we built a couple work tables and next thing I know, the shop is literally packed. I mean, everything of every single space, like wall space, I've got wood racks, I've got tools. Everything is every, every space is used perfectly. Every work table has drawers in it because it's like you run out of space on your walls. Like you, and you can only have so many cabinets. So like whatever, working space you have, you have to make the use of it. <clears throat> and actually last G- last January, um, I was like, well, I want to renew, but only for one year. And I, the, the leasing agency called me and they said, Hey, we're only doing like leases for three and five years. And I was like, well, I one day would like to build it. I knew I needed to be, I knew I needed to be out of the shop sooner than later. And I was already starting to think like, where do I go for a bigger space? Like, do I call this leasing agent and like find a bigger space in this place? Do they have another building? So I'm thinking about that, like in the back of my head as I'm asking them, but that's why I wanted that one year, just like one year extension to kind of give me a year to plan. <laughs> and of course nothing goes like that. Uh, so they tell me <laughs> no, um, only three year, five year. And they wanted to jack my rent up 38%. So Ooh, national market. Yeah, that move fee. Yeah. Oh, that's true. National, national market is not playing around. Um, my dad is a financial advisor. And thankfully, because he's a financial advisor, I have someone to like literally bounce all of my financial things off of. So I called him. I told him <laughs> the price of what the shop was going to be, uh, the, like the new, the, the pricing. He called me back about an hour later. He ran numbers and he's like, hey, little girl. Still calls me little girl. It's my favorite thing about him. He's like, hey, little girl, you know how you thought about building a shop? I was like, yeah. And he goes, now is the time. He goes, literally, he's like, 2020 is the year that you will build a shop. And I was like, oh, okay, done. Uh, So what do I do? And he goes, well, you need to start like literally looking for all this stuff. So I got on, I looked at, I'm like, I'm looking at property with big buildings on it. I'm like, do I find a commercial space and then find another, like stay in my townhouse because I love it and then find another commercial space? Do I like build, like, do I actually build? Like, I mean, I'm looking at everything. Like, is there a barn that's on someone's property already that I could buy that and just expand the barn? I mean, I am looking at everything and I had a couple things fall through and then Poor, like I know COVID was a big, COVID was a big thing, but before COVID Nashville had the tornado. And so we had the tornado and I was literally looking at houses the day of the tornado and two of the houses that had awesome like shops and stuff were gone, like had been wiped out. So it was pretty crazy to like, I'm looking at this and now the storm has just come through and we're talking about COVID. So it's like already 2020 is great. You know, yeah, madness. Um, but I found my place, which was awesome. We found it had listed on a Saturday. We came on Sunday and we put an offer in and I, I knew right away, like I walked into the, I walked through the house and the house, I was like, okay, 
I can fix this up. I can build some built-ins. I can build a pantry. I can do some things. Um, but the property was pretty flat and it looks like two football fields on top of each other. So I've got two acres and I'm looking at this back grassy property. I'm like, Oh, this is, this is perfect. And I knew right away, like I knew right away, this was my place. And so we put an offer in and while I'm doing that, I'm also looking at pole barns and metal and, and steel buildings at the time. So I'm pricing out steel buildings, pole barns. And really that's like the only two options like for building this stuff, unless you're going to do like a concrete, you know, like a concrete building, which really is only in Florida for hurricanes and, um, steel last year was very expensive and it was more than what a pole barn was for lumber prices, which is crazy. Cause now, you know, lumber prices are yeah. wow. beyond ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I got pricing from a couple pole barn companies and I found one that worked for me. I was able to, I knew I was going to build just a completely open shop. Like at the, at, mm-hmm. at the beginning, there would be no walls. And I knew that 1500 square feet at my last shop was a great size. But at the end of the day, if I could double that, I knew I would be pretty golden. So I went ahead mm-hmm. um, talking to the pole barn companies. I, you know, I asked a hundred questions about size and uh, what actually like, okay, if I go 40 feet wide, what if I go 50 feet wide? And they're like, well, actually that's bigger tresses and the price actually goes up like 20, 30%. So if you stay at 40 feet wide, but then go however long, you're going to stay within like that, a safe price range. So I was like, well, 40 by 60. I mean, I'm like literally going through all this stuff and I just was like, you know what? I might as well just go big. I might as well go big. So I did a 40 yeah. by 80. So I have a 3,200 square foot wow. shop. Um, I love it. it's awesome. It's big and open. And then I knew I would build a paint room like down the road, you know, like within a month or mm-hmm. so of building, like once the building was finished. But right now it's 3,200 square feet. I have a, um, I think it's 20 by, no, it's 18 by 14 feet is my paint room, uh, which is awesome because my last paint room at my shop was the back of my table saw up against the wall and I would drop a tarp down and the outfeed <laughs> table of my saw of my saw was covered in paint because I was that's just where I painted. Like I had to have you know I had to have I had to have some little place to paint, and that was the place to paint. So having my own like actual paint room was clutch. But um, yeah, so did lots of shopping. Did the design factor? Um, yeah, it's like where do you want windows to go? Where do you want doors to go? Things I never thought about, like. Oh, garage doors. Like, do you want just like a standard garage door or no, let's actually do a 10 foot garage, you know, like a 10 by 10. So I can, if I need to, I could pull my trailer in. If it was raining, I could pull my Tahoe in like things like that. Like I'm actually like thinking about this and then it's like, okay, now we have to go ceiling height. Well, my last shop was eight feet, five inches. And every Ooh. time I was doing built-ins over eight feet, I could never stack them on top of each other and see how they actually looked in the shop. I'm doing, I'm building everything. I mean, I build everything in pieces anyways, but now it's actually like top bottom. So like, well, I might as well go big. Like I might as well go big. And if I have a (laughs) 10 foot built in, which I've done 10 foot built ins, I also still have ceiling lights, dust collection, everything else in the ceiling. So I need to be above that 10 feet. So we went with, so I went with 12 feet. So yeah, so it's a, 12 feet, 12 feet ceiling. Um, it's got a 16 foot, you know, pitch. So I've got an attic space and then it comes like, okay, well now you, 
you're building a building, but you have to think about, you know, electric insulation, things that I never, like, you just don't think about, like, I've never built, I've never right. built a house. I've never built anything like this. I've never built a building before. So now I'm thinking so much more. Like I'm now thinking on the lines of like a general contractor, like, okay, you have to do this, you have to do this. And then you also have to plan now when everything gets, um, gets built. So I hired a builder because I was also still running the business. Like I couldn't, I knew I was going to take off some time anyways to kind of finish the inside, but I had my lease at the old shop until May 31st. And so I knew I had to like May 31st to like kind of start building. So I hired a builder, they broke grounds. Um, I definitely got to like help out on a few things, but I can, I like almost want to be like, I washed my hands. I didn't really do anything because I had to keep on running a business to make money to build a shop. Um, but yeah, so my builders, they went to town. So, but it was so fun because I got to see the process every morning as I was, you know, I'd walk out my back door and I get to That's see. That's exactly what I was just thinking. It was like a present. You're yes. used to seeing every project, the whole thing. Well, this was something you could come and see a day's progress. Exactly. That had to be exciting. Yeah. So like I'd come in, I'd walk out in the morning and I'd like talk to the guys and see what they were doing that day. And then I'd leave and I'd come back and all the poles are up. And then I'd come back one day and like, all the concrete's been poured. And then I'd come back another day, you know, and they're like, and they put the rafters on. I mean, it was just, it was so cool to see the process um, happening. And then, you know, of course I'm like, okay, well, I want to like do something. So they'd have me hammer yeah. something every now and then, you know, and then <laughs> I did help trench the lines for the electrical and water and stuff. Like I got to get on the, like the ditch digger thing. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, just a, it, was a, it was fun to be a part of the process. I'm particularly curious about the electrical um, in general, because we're going to be building a shop uh, in the near future. And so are there anything in particular that you would suggest people to keep in mind? And uh, I mean, is it coming from the ceiling, coming from the floor, running all around? What's your kind of layout electrical? Totally. So definitely talk to like, definitely talk, like if you're going to, if you're going to, well, two ways I talked because it was a brand new build. We I had to get, permitted. Um, now I could have run from my house, but my house is only running on a 200 amp. I think this is horrible. I don't know much about electric, like the terms, I can tell you what I did, but my house is only 200. And I know that 200 would never suffice with everything that I'm running in the shop. And so we right. knew, um, it needed to be a sep like a completely separate building. Um, a completely separate electrical, which also for being a business, it's nice. My house is on one like electric bill and my mm -hmm. shop is on another bill. Oh, that is nice. But we had, I had this, um, I had middle Tennessee electric come out and I told them what I, they saw a pole barn. Like they saw the, the beginnings of a pole barn being built. And I told them I'm going to be running like big equipment. I, you know, I was like, I'm running woodwork, like big machines and stuff. And he was like, okay, well wh what size amp, like what, how many amps are all you, are you running on all this stuff? I'm like, mostly it's like 240, 230 stuff. And he's like, okay, great. So you're, you're going to need a four, like minimum 400. It's like, okay. So then what we ended up doing is, uh, they act like I could have trenched it through, through the air or we could have ran it through the air, but I didn't want to have more wires running through, yeah. you know, running through my yard. I mean, it's, it, I live out in the country now. Like I literally live out, there's hay fields all around me and I didn't yeah, want to like you. look up and see wires running. So, so they did a pole across the street, like tapped into the electrical, did a pole in my yard 
And then we trenched 300 feet from the pole to my shop. Um, and there's like regulation, like you learn regulation, like it's mm-hmm. gotta be at me- least like it was like 28 inches deep. Um, you know, so it's like, I, and I had to put certain pipe in the, like in the trench and it had to be sealed, like waterproof sealed. It was a whole, like I learned a crap ton, like a crap <laughs> ton. Um, you know, like on all the different PVC piping, like there's so there's, yeah. there's like sewer piping, there's electrical. I mean, there's so much. So yeah, so we ran it from the pole to the shop and then in the shop, we have everything. What I decided to do was run everything outside the wall. So I'm running conduit all the way on all my wall. So all my, so I've got OSB up on the walls and we decided to do OSB mm-hmm. so that we could screw everything. We could screw tools. We could screw jigs, wood, whatever. We can screw directly into the wall and not have to worry about, you know, drywall and only getting into a stud. Um, so backtrack, we framed like inside the pole barn, we actually put up framing and insulation. So I put foam insulation between the wood and then we put bat insulation and then we put OSB. So I've got R30 insulation in my ceiling and in my walls, which totally I will tell everyone, do it. Over, over insulate your place because today was 86 outside. We had the air on 76 and it was cool in the shop, like way worth it. Nice. But yeah, so we just have conduit running all through, you know, down to every single tool. Um, I mapped out. So what's really fun is I, because I really, I knew my other shop for four years and I knew we had moved tools around enough to, to, for flow, for like great flow. Um, so I knew where tools needed to be. So whenever I was doing the layout for the big shop, I did a very similar layout from what we had, except we flipped where I had my old shop we had tools down the side, like we kind of like created like a lightning strike. Like we had tools down the side through the middle and then down the other side. And then we had work tables across from all those tools. But what we did this time is we exact, like my tools are all in the exact same layout, except we moved everything back. And now our work tables are in the back. So everything that's creating a mess is on one side of the shop. And then kind of like our finishing is on the other. Now, I mean, of course we're sanding and doing stuff over on right. those tables, but we're also hooked up to shop. Every sander is hooked up to a shop vac. So we're not, we're not creating too much mess, but yeah. So ran electric through, you know, down conduit to each tool. And then same thing with like lighting. Like I ran, you know, led tubes down, up, down the ceiling um, and just connect like just, and then you ran uh, I've got outlets on the ceiling that like lights are, that lights are plugged into. Um, yeah. And I over outleted my place, which was great. Like mm-hmm. I, I over outleted yeah. it, which was re- now I look back and I'm like, I'm so glad I did. I also wish I'd added a couple more. So <laughs> if you're going to do it, just throw them everywhere, like throw them everywhere. <laughs> really good advice. I did the same thing. What height did you put your outlets at? So all of down the east wall, they're all at four feet tall. So it's right at like a tool, like nothing's, nothing's low except over on the other side, which is really funny. So everything's kind of like four feet tall. And then over in like in the paint room and the tool, like the tool workbench area, all those are lower because we have tool, like we have everything's like hanging down and, um, hanging down like latches and stuff. And then 
all of my work tables, which is great because uh, two of my work tables have electric, like we ran electric to my work mm-hmm. tables. So you can just nice. plug a router right into the table and go to town and not have to, you That's know, nice, run an extension yeah. t- cable or a cord anywhere. Um, so because we have electric to the tables, it's nice to have electric lower to the ground for those. So they, we just have, you know, we've got like those like anti-trip plastic things that are on top of the cords and whatnot. When you were running your um, dust collection, did you put any under the slab? Because I know a lot of people will come up under the slab, like by the table saw, because the table saw tends to be in the middle. Or did you did you drop down? How how did you? I did all drop down. I thought about running um, all through the ground before we laid the concrete, but I have a buddy in town that has done that, and every it just whenever it gets clogged like you're kind of like i mean you've got a, you're running fishing wire through trying to clean that out and i was like i just don't want to mess with that like if i get a clog somewhere i want to be able to pull that pvc part and just clean it out very very easily so we ran everything from the ceiling and you know what else doubling your size you know you you tried to follow the same layout but you didn't want to become a prisoner to okay well this tool has to be right here cuz this is where the dust collection's at um, that's something I'm suffering with right now. And, and we'll talk about it in the last segment, but I think Memorial Day is going to be Dean reroutes his dust collection. Yeah, I've, I did a lot of like rerouting at the shop. Um, and then what we ended up doing at the new shop is I have, I have a line down the east wall. So down the east wall is miter saw, miter saw, router table. What is that? Bandsaw, drill press, dust collection, air compressor. And then we have a Y that comes off and then the Y splits into two and one Y goes to my table saws and then the other Y goes to planer, joiner, drum sander. So we kind of like, everything's like kind of off, everything is lined up. I definitely want to talk more about, you know, your tool layouts and things, but I thought I'd come back outside uh, I want to ask about the garage doors. So you have two roll-up doors on your building. You know, what what thought went into where you place those and are you happy with the arrangements you came up yeah, with? Yeah, totally. So my building, you know, at the end of the day, it's a very large uh, rectangle and it literally, it's like the, my, I have a lean-to and the lean-to is on the west side of the shop. Um, it's a 10 by 40 foot lean-to and that's our front door. So our front door is actually like kind of the side. So my driveway runs like I have a massive gravel, you know, driveway that we've installed, uh, <laughs> built, I don't know, through down rock. I mean, I've got 12, 12 <laughs> truckloads of gravel I have paid for. So yes, it's great. Um, <laughs> but I knew that like I wanted one big garage door towards the front of the shop where we were going to have uh, wood storage. So I have a massive plywood. I have a 12 foot plywood rack that has, you know, all the different shelves. Like like a Home Depot, pretty much. I Lowe's. Like it's got a, a big plywood rack. So I wanted to be able, everything gets, all my wood gets delivered. I very rarely go and pick stuff up. So I wanted the trucks to be able to back in and drop right there at that one first door. So that first door is, I think it's 10 feet in from the front. So it's right where, it's right where all my wood, majority of my wood is. And then the other door, so that's on the west side. And then the other door is back on the south side. And it's 
not dead center. It's a little bit over to the left, like towards the West wall. Um, but that is for, in, that's for loading up the trailer. Kind of like my Tahoe gets parked back there sometimes. That was specifically for the back of the shop where we would be loading it. The like, finish, lo- yeah, yeah, the finishing. So it's like, mm-hmm. you've got a delivery area exactly. and a loading area. Yep. So, and the awesome. trailer is right back by that back door. So whenever we're finished, like in my paint room is right there is right to the right of my, um, my garage door. So it literally comes out of the paint room and it goes like out that garage door into the trailer. So it's, it very much was like, okay, this is why this is here. Um, and I have four man doors too. They were like, you don't need that many. I'm like, yes, I do. So I have a door Mm -hmm. on all four sides of the building, which is awesome. And I, I, I'm now I'm like, I wish I, not that I wish I had more doors. Actually I had, wish I wish I had a couple more windows, but I, but I did do like the half door, like half, you know, half glass, half like metal door. So you can, you still get light in, but definitely for easy access everywhere around the building. And then the other question I had on the outside is this is a beautiful color. I was just curious, <laughs> like you, were you able to pick that color out? Was that something you were set on from the beginning? Tell me about the color yes. selection. So my building's black. Uh, it's completely black and has gray trim. And then one of the garage doors is a black walnut door. So it's like, it's brown. And yes, I did pick the color out from the very beginning. So I saw a house that was just like one of those like inspirational houses. I'm like, I love the whole look of this house. I took a picture of it and it was the inspiration for my shop. And the house was black and gray. And it was a mixture of metal, wood, stone, and brick. And I, I just, I adored that house. I was like, this is like one of the coolest houses I've ever seen. So whenever I was pricing out uh, like pole barns, I'm telling them like, Hey, I want a black, like I want black siding. They're all like, no, 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 you don't want, like, you do not want black siding. (laughs) And I'm like, no, I want black siding and I want a black roof too. And they're like, no, like, I mean, they're all like, no, no. (laughs) I mean, the one guy straight was like, he goes, we don't do black roofs. I go, well, you're going to do one with me. Like I'm doing a black roof and they're like, it's going to be so hot. I'm like, no, it's not. That's a, I was like, that is not an actual thing. So I'm like, there is actually reasons why black buildings do exist in hotter places. Nashville's not super hot. I mean, we definitely, it definitely gets toasty, but we're not crazy. Um, but yeah, so they were, they really, really tried to talk me out of that. But I just was, I was so determined. I'm like, no, this is what we're going to do. This is my building. I'm paying for this. Like I'm, (laughs) so what was fun though, was never the guys brought a temp that my builders actually brought like a temperature gauge over one day. And we let that we, um, so the backside of my black siding is white. So we left a black side up and a white side up all day. It was blazing hot. It was like, it was, in, it was high nineties and we let it sit in the sun all day. We did a temperature check. The black side was 117. The white side was 107. So it was like a 10 degree difference. That's fine. Like I'm doing so much insulation in this thing. Like I'm not even worried about it. And now being in the building for one whole year now, I'm like, black was the right place. And I, I just love the color black. I think it, I clearly I wanted yeah, black. What you wanted was I, right. What I wanted I was right. It. Yep. So, and then what's fun is like my back garage door that no one sees is white. White. <laughs> I was like, it's, I was like, well, no one sees it. And, but everyone kind of sees this, this pretty, like the front of the shop, AKA the side of the shop. 
So I was like, let's just go. I want pretty. And the how, like the inspirational house that I just adored, their garage matched their post, um, their post beams. And it was just, it looks so cool. So my posts are about to get stained black walnut to match the garage door. So it'll look even cooler. What did you do with uh, like windows or it, did you just do some skylights or what did you do along yeah, that Yeah, so I did, I have four windows in the shop. So I've got three that are underneath the lean-to, um, kind of like the front of the shop, uh, which is great because they're on the west side. So that's where, you know, that's where the sun's setting and we get great light, so, you know, like after, after lunch or actually, actually about like after one o'clock, um, the sun is past the lean-to and we just get killer sun coming in that side. And then I have one window next to a door on the north side. So my house, like from where I'm sitting right now, when I look out into my backyard, I see the side, I see that like the side of my shop, I guess, which they would call the front, but it's the side. Um, And I've got a door, a window and a door, which is great because it gives a lot of light in on that north side. Plus I wanted to be able to see my house. So just like, it's like an extra, like I can see, I just want to, I wanted to be able to see. Right. Yeah, that was my thought with the doors. I would be totally with you as far as just being, I don't know what it is with me. I want to be able to step outside yeah. or at least look outside yep. or or whatever. Because as you said, with like the, I think of weather, you know, being in the Midwest like you too. And as far as being able to bring your vehicles into the shop or bring everything into the shop is because you don't know when you need to get yeah. everything inside. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, the the door that's over on the east side of the shop, it's in the dead center of the shop. And right out there, as soon as you walk out the door, it's a hayfield. Um, but both of my AC, my mini, my all three of my mini splits are right there. So it's like easy access right there. You know, it's like our dust collection is right by that door. So we can actually take dust out that door. You know, that's super easy. Um, the front door, you know, sees the house. The back door is in the paint room. So I actually have access like in the paint room, not just the garage door. I have another door. And then we have like our front door which is underneath the lean too. So you said, I just heard you say that you're running mini splits. Um, how, how do you like them? And are you running any kind of like pre-filter on them or? I love them. Um, yes, I've got two Mr. Cool units. And then I've actually got a smaller unit that my, <laughs> my parents installed at their house. My mom did not like the look of it. And so I got it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's actually in the back of the shop. And then the two big Mr. Cools actually could, be totally fine in the shop. Like the little guy is just kind of like an extra added bonus. Um, I love the mini split. So what we do is every, like every Friday and then sometimes on Mondays too, if we remember again, we'll get up and we just, we literally take the air hose and we just air out the whole, like the whole thing, which is great. So because I have, because I've got actually like really good dust collection in the shop and then we're running, you know, dust on every tool pretty much. every tool that can be dust collected we're running it um so we we i mean of course like you're always going to have extra dust coming through the right. shop but for the most part yeah. i like will probably toot my own or actually 100 percent will toot my own horn on this i probably have one of the cleanest <laughs> shops you've ever seen minus being like go into an amish shop different walk into my shop it's not your normal wood shop like it's when there's a bunch of sawdust on the floor. It's just like, that means we've been really busy and we haven't like been, we just haven't cleaned, but my staff are awesome. Like they come in and they'll usually before they even start working, like everyone kind of like vacuums up and cleans up if we didn't clean up the mess like the night before. People don't believe me. My favorite shop part of the week is Saturday mornings. I sweep and wipe down all my flat surfaces 
in my shop. I don't know why. I just, I enjoy it. It feels like, all right, getting ready for the next charge. 100%. I even have a paintbrush. Like I brush out all the grooves in the saws and I, I, love, I love it. I just take an air compressor. <laughs> I just take an air hose, like spray it on. And then the next day it all settles. Actually, so that's what I did like tonight. Like before I came in, I aired off a bunch of stuff. So it's all just settled onto the ground and then we'll, we'll like do a little sweep up. But I, I do the same thing. I think that's why I really like to keep my shop clean is whenever it's clean, when I feel like we're just more efficient, we're not running around looking for things like every tool has a, every tool belongs somewhere. Like there's not anything that's just hanging out. Every, everything has a place. And whenever your shop is clean, like you are, you're ready to like start the next project. Like, like we're doing an in, a big install tomorrow and the shop is ready for the next project that will start Thursday morning. Uh, if I could touch back on the uh, heating and air, did you by chance look into seeing about uh, getting the, the heat into your, into your slab, into your concrete, you know, like the heated floors. Yeah. I did did look into that. Um, I looked at like plum running plumbing. I looked at all this stuff, like running stuff through at the end of the day. I, I was like, okay, I have a budget for this shop and there's only so (laughs) much I can do. And I'm already building a massive, massive building. And you know, it's like your plans all kind of, your plans all kind of change as you're, starting the process. And, you know, it's like, oh, hey, at first we thought we only needed five truckloads of gravel. And they started like filling, they started doing the foundation and they're like, hey, actually you, there's the, the land, the, my property is pretty flat, but I've got a three foot drop from the Northeast to the Southwest. There's actually a three and a half foot drop. So we had to bring in five more truckloads of gravel to like build, to build it up. Just, I mean, you, if, when you're look when you're out on the property and you're sitting there, like you would never realize that there's such a grade. Now I notice it because now it's like all I see. Um, But yeah, it's like the things I'm like, okay, well that's an extra five grand, but you know, for an extra five grand, I could actually spend that on insulation and OSB. So it's just like, it's the little things that like you, you you lose some, you give, you know, you, you give some, you take some. If I ever build a shop again, which I know actually, if I ever, I a hundred percent will build another shop. Like I already, I know that I will one day. Um, I will probably, I, I don't know if I, I probably will do that in part of the shop. I would probably actually do it in the paint room and in, Mm -hmm. um, maybe like over like where, like where wood storage and stuff is, but I will say concrete. It's cool. It's really, it's cool. It's actually really nice. Even this, even in like the, my dog likes it. She comes in and when she's too hot outside, she (laughs) flops down. (laughs) I wanted to ask about your wood storage. Uh, Just what are your wood storage solutions? And I'm curious, when do you throw a piece of wood away? When is a piece of scrap, a piece of scrap? Totally. So wood storage, we have maximized our, our wall space. So I've got a massive, like I said, a massive 12 foot plywood rack that we store plywood on. And it's, I mean, it's like separate. It's like half inch, three quarter inch is waist, uh, is waist high. So, cause those are the heaviest sheets. So that's like, I don't need to be, I'm, I'm strong. Don't get me wrong, but I also do not, I'm five, seven. Like I'm only so tall. Like I don't need to be lifting a massive sheet by myself. And that's the other thing too. It's like, you need to be able to do pretty much everything by yourself you can actually run the business. So it's like, you know, it's like everyone, yeah, sure. Every now and then come help me, come, you know, come ask for help, but you also have to be able to do everything by yourself. And so 
three quarter, you know, so three quarter inches all waist high. So it's an easy grab. And I've got like these plywood, um, like those orange hooks. They're like $5 yeah. at Amazon or on Amazon at Home Depot. Best thing ever. Best $5 you will spend are those like <laughs> plywood, like holders. Um, so yeah, so it goes half inch, three quarter inch, quarter inch. And then we have lumber on top of that. And our five eighths kind of gets thrown in with the half inch um, for all of like our drawers and stuff. And then I have all of my, so above my miter saw, my, I have a 20 foot miter saw table workbench. So we've got two miter saws, they've got tracks, you know, for, um, for measuring tracks up. So everything's like, you know, custom cut, you know, it's like, if it's going to be 32 and three sixteenths, I can set the block right there, cut, you know, cut 30 pieces of the same thing. So right above the miter, so above the miter saw station, there's two wood racks and that's our wood that we're using for prod. Like that's like Oak, maple, black walnut, mm-hmm. and then all of my high wood. So everything above the door. So everything door height and higher. So seven feet and higher is all like more specialty wood. Like I've got a crap ton of barn wood that's hanging up on this on the wall right now that I got a good deal on a couple beams that are up there that I I'll use them someday, but I don't know when some air dried black walnut that I stumbled across a couple years ago. Just like, it's like the more specialty stuff is up high on the wall. Out the way. Yep. Yeah. And then we also have bins. So this is like, this is a scrap bin. So we have a plywood scrap bin and that's, that is like literally half it. It's like quarter inch, three eighths, half inch, five eighths, three quarter inch. So everything is separate. Bin for each yeah, one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, mm. sh- and in that we have a short bin and a tall bin. So anything that's like under three feet sits in the front and then everything over three feet, like stacks in the back of that bin. Mm-hmm. And that's just the plywood bin. And then you go over to the <laughs> end of the miter saw station and we have our hardwood bins and they're separated again by, by species, you know? So it's like, I would say majority of the time, you know, if it's painted, all my built-ins I make out of maple, uh, if they're painted. And then if I'm building everything else, it's oak or black walnut or really the only two woods, other two woods that I use. So we've got like black walnut and then white oak. Um, Yeah. And then all the maple is actually on top of the plywood rack. And then it's over to the right of the miter saw. So I can grab it. So that's like my quick grab. So all quick, like little pieces of maple that I'm going to use for trim pieces gets, gets over there. And if anybody wants to see some photographs of all this storage or her shop layout, uh, make sure you check out her Instagram and we'll, we'll hit that at the end. But um, this whole time she's been describing it, I've been going through and there's tons of pictures showing how all this is laid out. And I want to say, isn't it amazing how much those lumber racks that are on the wall, how much they can hold? Like I have one in this other room and I'm like, I'm just waiting for it to fall and kill both my legs. <laughs> I have no idea how it's still on the wall. It's unreal how much wood. I you mean, have on it is it's and they're they're cheap. Like you can get one, you can get like the four stack rack that I think holds a like two hundred pounds for I think thirty bucks on Amazon. I mean, you can like yeah. it's and it is well worth mm-hmm. it. It is well yeah. well worth it. I highly advise. Um, but back to scraps, like I have no problem throwing away wood. Let's just say that. Like I've learned to. There are certain things to keep. There's certain things not to keep. Um, I do have a couple of yeah, keep your fingers. Yeah, exactly. Keep your fingers. And I, you know, it's like the other day, the other thing too, is like, I've got friends who are turners and so they'll come and get a bunch of my smaller stuff. And I'll tell them, I'll, I'll tell like a woodworking group, Hey, I've got a crap ton of eight inch to 24 inch pieces of black walnut that are cut off from a table. If anyone wants them, 
you can come get them, you know, just give me like 10 bucks. I'm like, just get them out of my shop. Just get them out of my shop or you might just get them for free. So as a hobbyist, that is a huge, like you have no idea what that means to someone because lumberyards don't want to sell me an eight inch piece. Yeah. They want to sell me an eight foot yep. piece. I don't need an eight foot piece for this hobby thing that I'm making. It's so huge. I have a relationship with someone in Houston that's been unbelievably kind to me with their scraps and cutoffs, things that they want out of their shop. And it's gold to me. Like uh, they both know in February, I got a truckload of love and I, I was almost to tears. Like it was the best gift ever. I was so appreciative. So I know they appreciate that, that you do that. Yeah. It's, you. it's fun. It's, it, it's fun too. Cause it's like, that's the, it's the whole community. And I know that they're, you know, the mm-hmm. community, the woodworking community is very, it's very, it's a niche, you know, community, but it's very, we're very community driven, which is really, really cool. And right. what's a lot of fun too, is that like, I, I'm a, I mean, I'm a, I'm a full-time person. I've got staff. Like this is my, this is my nine to five job Monday through Friday. And it's really fun that I also get to like hang out with hobbyists and like, they're some of my really good friends. And that's at the end of the day, we all love working with our hands. We love creating, we love building. And so it's fun to have that community, but I do love that there's a little bit of, there's a mixture um, of like full-time and part-time people. And it's kind of one of those only hobbies that you really have a mixture. I think that just from other, other friends with different hobbies, I'm like, there's, that's kind of one of the only hobbies that I see. Like there really is a mixing of both. Yeah. On your, um, like if we could touch back on your shop, what are some, uh, do you have any regrets about anything particular you did or just things that you would totally do different? I don't think I, this is going to sound horrible. If the only regret is that I didn't build the shop bigger. I mean, literally it's like, you'd think, like, you're like, it's everyone, everyone says, says that. that's, that's the thing. Like, Everybody wants a bigger yeah, shop. I yeah. I mean, literally today we were talking, I'm like, man, if I could add a thousand more feet, it would, we'd be even more in the clear, which is yeah, crazy. We could have a plasma cutter. We could have a welding section. That's what, yeah. well, that's what I want to do. So I'm actually about to build a lean to <laughs> on the back North, on the back South wall. We're going to do, cause my shop's 40 feet wide. So we're going to do a 40 foot wide lean to, and we're going to go out about 15 feet. And then to the left of my garage door in the back, we're actually going to enclose that. And that's actually going to be probably like a welding area. Cause I, so I don't know how to weld yet, but that's like on my next thing to like learn how to do. So I want, but I want to keep that separate. Cause I've already seen the mess. I had a couple of friends like come in and weld in my shop and I'm like, mm, nope, too much, too mess. I mean like that in a whole other <laughs> space, but yeah, I think if, if there is a regret, it would just be like a bigger shop, but it's also not needed right now. Like, sure. I can do something later down the road, but it, it doesn't fulfill a need right now. Um, so what's the sweet spot? What's the sweet spot size? Well, shop? She said 8,500 square feet. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Man, I so think just you go buy the elementary Walmart, school around the corner. Yeah, right. exactly. Walmart. Walmart. Oh my God. What? There's this place toys are us. Yeah. yeah. They went out of business. Some of these take over their space. Yeah. Lots of real estate. So, Man, the sweet spot. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, for, I mean, for me, this like 3,200 square feet really is a great size shop. Like it's, we can have three, three to like four people in the shop at a time. And we don't feel like we're stepping on top of each other. Um, I do have four work tables. So everyone kind of does have a work table plus the table saw. My table saw table is huge. So um, right now we have two saws hooked up because one is getting fixed, but 
essentially we have three saws with a massive like outfeed table. So that's also another like place for, for working. Let me ask you in your other shops, specifically when you're in your garage and then moving, did you always have an outfeed table? Cause what I'm getting at is. I, I... Yes, I did. I had to think, I had to rethink about my garage. I did have an outfeed table in the, in the garage. I think that's one thing when people have smaller shops, an outfeed table feels like a luxury. You know, okay. can I really sacrifice this space? I've got play? it for you. Go ahead. Let's hear it. So we did nesting tables in the shop. So in my garage, so it was a nesting table. So I had a work table that I like kind of stood at and worked and that was the tall. And then my table saw outfeed table was right underneath it. And it literally slid underneath. And then we had a small table that, um, ended up being the outfeed for the miter saw that slid underneath that. So we had three nesting tables and that was because the garage, like I was in a 300 square foot garage and I had to have, so nesting tables are huge, build them, build them big. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, big enough that like the wood's not sagging too much. So I think it was, I think we were at five feet was like kind of our max that we like, because you know, for not, for not having a centerpiece. So, and then of course at the other shop I had, I have a, I have a massive table saw. So I have a Delta RT 40, which is, it's beastly. It's got a 56 inch cutting. I mean, it's, it's huge. And, um, so I have a huge, it is eight. It's actually the footprint of the saw is four feet by eight feet. So I actually have like a four foot by eight foot outfeed table right behind that. Um, and then down the side, we have another three and a half foot by eight foot table. Yeah. I went ahead and splurged. I have a saw stop, just the, uh, contractor saw, but I went ahead and bought all the wings I could get. And my wife was like, your shop's barely, you know, six feet wide. You're going to have four foot of table in here. (laughs) And I'm like, this is it. This is my finishing table. This is my, you know, build table, cut table. And what it actually does is it doesn't let me get lazy. You know, I can't have a bunch of stuff piled up on a table because I need to use it for the saw. Uh So it, it kind of helps motivate that. One thing I want to ask you is you do a lot of client job. What's the weirdest thing that you ever built for a client? Man, this is actually going to, I don't think I've actually built anything super weird for a client because I say no. Like there's like, I, I now, um, you know, six years ago, it might've been a different story. Like, but I was doing so much like DIY type furniture at the beginning. Um, that I kind of would say yes, or actually I would say no. Sometimes I'm like, I just think that's too far out of my like learning capability at the beginning. Now I, I just, because I, I really focus on like built-ins and then furniture. So a crap ton of vanities, tables, beds, uh, kitchen islands, like stuff like that. So I actually had like, what's funny is like, there actually hasn't been anything super wild. Um, More it's like, Hey, I have this tiny little space and I need to get a bed, a dresser and blank, blank, blank else in this space. What can you do? And I'm like, right. well, we can build a Murphy bed, you know? So it's like, oh, we're going to build a Murphy bed. And then it's like, well, we need storage. Well, okay. We can build built-ins on either side of the Murphy bed, you know? So it's like stuff like that. So at the end of the day, it's like, it's right. not anything too crazy. I'm literally helping my clients maximize their space. So. Okay. So let me ask you this question then. What is your, this is going to be hokey. Okay. But what, if you had a dream build that was like Uh for you, you have unlimited time, unlimited, well, let's not go unlimited budget, but like what's in your brain. You're like, 
this is a project I really want to do. One day it's going to happen. What is the project? So I like right now, I, I want to redo my kitchen. Like I want to redo my kitchen really bad. I'm going to redo it, but I just was talking to my uncle the other day at dinner. And I think now I'm actually going to blow out the back of the wall and then redo my kitchen to give myself 120 <laughs> extra feet. Yes, square feet. Absolutely. I need, like my house, I downsized houses to have a bigger property to build a big shop. So my house is like, I'm sitting in my den right now. It's This is fine. This, but this was a garage. Like the, this was a garage at one point in time, but a kitchen. I, man, if I had, if I had a little bit bigger of a house, I would do the most freaking fly kitchen you'd ever see. I mean, like, because <laughs> I've been in so many kitchens. I've done a handful of kitchens. I mean, I've done... I've done so many built-ins, but I, but essentially a kitchen is a massive built-in is what it is. It's just hanging cabinets on the mm-hmm. wall and then, you know, but I've now seen like, you know what, that would be a really cool, like pull down while, you know, so just like little things like that. So if I, if now when I redo my kitchen, it's going to be pretty badass. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Like I, I posted an inspo picture for what my kitchen, I'm doing riffs on white oak cabinets, black leather, granite. Um, it's going to look really, really awesome. I'm super stoked about it, but it's also small. It's just a smaller kitchen, but I mean, I will add some space by blowing out, but if I had more space, oh man, like an, like a a really cool Island that also has, you know, it serves its purpose of storage. It also serves its purchase purpose of, um, seating, but then also it has like some really cool, like a pull out drawer where it's like, here's your blender. Don't have to worry about it anywhere else. It's like literally a drawer that your blender pulls out. So I would do a, I would just do a badass kitchen if I like, if I had all the time, what's going to be hard is I've got to squeeze my kitchen in between client builds, which is going to suck because I'm going to have to take some time, but I also really need to redo my kitchen. Well, so as we talk about client builds and built-ins, I thought it'd be fun, you know, to hear from the other side, Stevie, maybe if you could share some tips for people, if they're going to approach a carpenter like yourself to build a project for them, make their dream come to life, what are some things that maybe help the process? What are some good habits? What are some things to avoid uh, when you're approaching a carpenter to do a custom job? Yeah. um, I think one of the biggest things that I run into is people have a really, sometimes they have a really cool idea, but not always will the idea work, um, especially like with certain builds. Like there's just, there's certain, you're always going to have a some type of constraint that's going to happen. So whether it's size, um, there's a wall, there's a window in the way, like you're not always going to get exactly what you want, but you will get pretty close. Like you're, I mean, sometimes, yes, you're going to get exactly what you want, but there are certain situations where you're not going to get exactly what you want. And so I think you have to give the builder, the carpenter, like a little bit of grace in that area that they're going to do their best to get you exactly what you want, but also you have to, there's some things that are just not feasible. Like I can't have a 10 foot wide space with, um, you know, that that's supposed to hold 200 pounds and you want nothing below it. And I'd sure I can do a lot of reinforcing with that, with some steel and stuff like that with metal. But at the same time, it's like, it's not all, it's not, it's not going to be exactly what you wanted. And so there's just, there's just certain things that are not going to be there. And so you have to, you have to be okay with that. Um, and then I think also come in with like, all, definitely come in with a plan and then ask the builder what they think. Like, that's like whenever, you know, 
I would say probably 70% of my clients come in, they're like, Hey, this is what I want, but what do you think? What do you think would look better in this in this space? And nine times out of 10, my design view is different than theirs. And they end up going with mine because I'm also doing this for a living. You know, it's like my built-ins that I built for myself, they serve a purpose. They serve a purpose for I have a printer that is inside the building. You know, it's like they, they, I built the built-in specifically for my needs, but I also know that like, okay, a pull-out drawer for my printer is clutch so that whenever I do need to get to behind the printer, I don't have to pull the whole freaking thing out. Like I can just pull that drawer out and get behind <laughs> it. So it's like little things like that. So I'll throw ideas into the clients like that. Like, Hey, did you ever think about putting maybe, um, you know, a hidden drawer right here? for, for your desk, like those documents that you just don't want anyone to see, you know, or something like a safety box or something like that. Um, I've done, a, I mean, I live in the South, a crap ton of gun storage. And so there's hidden storage in the bottom of a drawer. There's hidden storage, uh, behind a door that you didn't even know was a door. So it's just like fun things like that. Now you're talking about Austin's dream kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done some fun ones. I've, I've hidden some guns. Like people are like, Hey, we don't want anyone to know that we've got this. You like hide it somewhere. I'm like, what kind of gun do you have? So I know size and yeah, done. So it's like, we're hiding things. It was just so much. That's fun. Cause that's the creative side. Like that lets yeah, me be yeah, right. creative on a whole other level. It's like, okay, I know I'm, I know I'm creative, but now I get to like take my creativity to a next level and do something that's also going to blow the client away. So sometimes I won't let the, I actually, a lot of times I don't let the client know. Um, like I'll, I'll send them pictures and I, most of my clients are following me on social media. So they're seeing a little bit behind the scenes, but what clients have noticed is I will stop showing things. Like I kind of get to a certain <laughs> place in the build and I don't show it anymore because right. I want, whenever I walk into that client's house and they see something for the first time, I want to blow their brains. And they're yeah. so stoked. They're so excited. The look on their face when they see something. I mean, that's, it's, that's, I do it for the clients. I literally do this for the clients. Like I could do content creation. I could do, I could have a YouTube channel. That's like hundreds of thousands if I really, really wanted to. But at the end of the day, I love clients. I love client work. I love seeing their faces whenever we do something, whenever we deliver something for them. And it meets their needs. You know, it's like we're building a bed for a, a special needs kid. And I'm so stoked for this bed because this bed is going to fit her needs. And it's also going to help the parents. You know, so it's like, it's just things like that. And I know whenever I go and install that bed, they're going to be so excited. Yeah. Oh, so it's yeah. just, it's, that's, that's what I do it for. That's what I, I literally do it for the clients. Like I think what, I think I will be doing client work until I retire one day. It will always be a, the main facet of my business. I think that's so good for a carpenter that like you're, you're actually helping clients, right? It's, you're not just selling nope. them something. You're, you're solving problems yeah. for them. You're, you're tackling weird parts of their house that need, you know, need design help. And that's, what's so cool about what you're doing is it's like, you're really helping. And I people. approach, I really try and approach it that way too. Like I will say that to the clients, like, Hey, I want to build you your dream table, your dream built in. So let's actually like, let's make this like, what, what, what do you have? Like, what, what's your dream? And then also what are your needs? Because, you know, it's like we have our wants and our needs and they're usually two separate things. And sometimes they line up together, but a lot of times like our wants are not going to be, you know, our needs far outweigh our wants. So it's like, get what we want, but also at the same time, like 
let's take care of the needs that like the necessity. Cover your bases. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, one last thing I was thinking about, Stevie, you talked about uh, White Oak, Riffs on White Oak being, you know, your go-to for this dream kitchen. Well, I've seen you've already brought some White Oak into the kitchen with this bourbon shelf. You yes. Built. And so I was just kind of curious, you know, I like to partake in a glass of bourbon after a long day. And uh, I'm looking at the selection here, you know, what's what's a bottle you recommend? I mean. Oh, man. I got to look over it. A um, couple different kinds. So if I if I'm sipping... If I'm just sipping, no ice. I'm just, I'm having a good, good sip drink. I'm, I'm sipping Weller. I'm sipping a Weller 10 year. That's my, that's my, my reserve. I think it's a 10 year. Yeah, it's a 10 year. Um, if I am mixing, I'm using Mm -hmm. bullet. Um, and if I am, we have, there's two, we have a net, we have a Bellmead bourbon, which is a Nashville bourbon. That's a fun, like, it's a sipping, like throw an ice cube in and just kind of like sit on the porch. And it's like, it's really, I like it chilled. I like that bourbon really chilled. I'm um, also the Woodford reserve, but they're like small batch is another, like throw an ice cube in. But if I'm like, if I'm sipping, if I'm just sipping in a glass, it's Weller, it's Weller all the way. No ice. Don't, don't mess it. that stuff up. Just like, just drink it, <laughs> just drink it, drink it good. And I have, I've built by Stevie shot glasses. So every now and then I got to like pour that in there. <laughs> hey, brand the world. I've heard you say that, that you like yes. to have your built by Stevie Yeah, so stuff you'll see like I have now. a built by Stevie shirt on, which the people aren't seeing that, but I also have a built by Stevie koozie. I literally, I, branding is one of the biggest things that I think you can possibly do for, especially for be, for self-employment. Um, mm-hmm. I wear a Carpenter t-shirt every day, like Monday through Friday, like, or a built by Stevie shirt especially whenever, I mean, clearly whenever I'm going to a client's house, like we're all going to be in swag. Um, but if I go to Home Depot, if I go to the lumber yard, if I'm doing anything, I want people to see who I am and what I am. And like, especially with like the hashtag carpenter, like I will be, I've worn it on the weekends and I'm walking to the mall and people are like, what's that? Hey, here's my business. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's a gateway, yeah. like a gateway to open up into a potential business, you know, potential uh, client. And also, you know, it's like for social media and whatnot, like I have built by CD everywhere in the shop. So we've got it up on the wall. We've got, I mean, like I have a big four, a uh, three foot stencil. So we have stencil, like we've painted through the stencil on the wall. We've done it, um, you know, like my trailer is, is wrapped um, not my car, my trailer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, it, so, and also for whenever we're taking pictures and videos in the shop, I want people to see pretty much in every single shot, they're going to see built by Stevie or they're going to see carpenter. So they know exactly like who's building, like wh- where this, where this build is happening. Like it's happening in my shop yep. by me, by my staff. Here's my brand. Stevie, this has been amazing. We really, really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, why don't you take a second and tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm really easy to find. Built by Stevie is my Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. YouTube is not really there yet, but we're we're getting there. But Instagram is where I like to hang out the most and it filters to Facebook. But built by Stevie. Hashtag Carpenter. And that's built by Stevie, B-U-I-L-T-B-Y-S-T-E-V-I-E.
man, what a, what a girl. Oh my God. And she's fantastic. Rock star and perfect name for Stevie is like the perfect name for yeah. a rock star. You know, she's, she's on fire for sure. Dean. So let's talk about our shops a little bit and maybe what, what's kind of like, what's some of the things you like about your shop and what's some of the things you wish you could change, you know, give us a couple of things. Yeah. So first I want to just dovetail into your rock star, Stevie. It's a shame. We try to keep this podcast to an hour because we've been talking with Stevie for three hours and we had to <laughs> run her off. Like that's how just wonderful she was to talk to and friendly. So if you ever have an opportunity to engage with her, do it because you'll be the better for it. So yeah. when we were discussing with her, I talked about my dust collection. So I ran the dust collection as I was setting the shop up with where I thought the tools were going to end up. And what happened is over a year, the tools have moved around. Not only that, but I'm, I'm short and I ran this dust collection to be up out the way and close to the wall. And so what happens is when the tools are between me and the wall, I have trouble reaching the blast gates for the dust collection. And so my first thought was to do some kind of automation, but I've really come to the understanding that I need to reroute my dust collection. I need to make it more central to the room and have my hoses drop down to where the tools are, but not try to get these pipes out the way. I mean, they hug the wall in my shop. So I think one thing I dislike is the orientation of my dust collection. If I need to close the blast gate for my table saw so I can run the drum sander, I have to move the table saw away from the wood rack walk behind it to reach that blast gate. And it needs mm -hmm. to be at the front of the saw. And then I route yeah. the hose around to the back. And that's a lesson I've learned. Uh, put the blast gates where you are going to be able to reach them, not where they make aesthetic sense for the tool. So that's one thing I, I want to improve in my shop and I, I plan to work on in the near future. You know, it's funny you talk about the dust collection. So I ran all my dust collection down low. And I have the same, I'm like, I want it up. I, I wish I put it in kind of the corner of the wall and did drop downs. Uh, it makes it easy for me to reach the blast gates, but it makes it so every machine in my shop has to be four inches off the wall because I've got four inch pipe running along it. So that's one thing that I wish I did different. I wish I, um, it made sense at the time because I had benches and then the dust collection came up through the bench to, to, uh, catch all the dust from the lathe because it was a bench top lathe. So that made sense. But now since I've moved all of my tools onto individual stands, it's just really in the way. So that's one thing I would change too. So Christy, take note, the future shop. Oh, oh I am. I was taking notes Go through up. the entire interview we had with her. And um, if I have questions as we're going, I'm going to be uh, knocking on her DM door to <laughs> run a few things by her. What I love about my shop, and this really isn't as much a thing as, as a much, I don't know, I don't know really how you want to describe it, but the fact that it's my shop, you know what I mean? I, I started doing woodworking for the most part in this shop. You know, it's my sign on the wall. It's, it's, you know, my tool, it's my place. It's my happy place. It's my, you know, connection. And for new listeners, the sign on the wall is dangerous curves ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to have to definitely find that sign before, before I get in the new shop. But for me with, uh, with the new shop, it's going to be making it my own, you know, finding that, that level, level of comfort and uh, confidence, um, you know, in that new shop. So, and I know, you know, I'll be taking all my same tools and, and all my, you know, my, my signs and all of my, you know, stickers and all that kind of stuff. But 
um, that's what's going to be important to me is that I have that feeling that I have here, you know, in the new shop. Uh, well, what I, what I don't like is size. Well, I shouldn't say that. Um, I like the size of my shop, but as, as when we were talking to Stevie, bigger is better when it comes to that kind of stuff. Cause as I'm working around tables, um, you know, I, I like having, I like having the walls on both sides, you know, machines on one side, workbench on the other side, but then I like having that workbench in the middle. So sometimes I'm having to like shove it out of the way one way or the other in order to get a project through or a piece through or myself through, or if there's more than like, if Marvin and I are both working in the shop at the same time, it's a little bit of a, of a tight fit when we're working with particularly large projects. So I would like a, at least a wider shop for sure. I think it's so important. Like if you're going to have two people in a shop yeah, that you really need to have wider ways mm-hmm. because it's, you, you don't realize how much you're going to run into each other. You know, even in a smaller shop, you'll, you're like, Oh, well, he's kind of on that side. I'm on this side. No, you're constantly walking to the other side of the shop. Right. So I think that's one thing to keep in mind, especially like Stevie, she said she had like four people or whatever working. Mm-hmm. You need to have some space and I'm totally envious of her current space yeah i wish I, man that building would be killer yeah all this bigger is better talks make me feel you know phallically attacked <laughs> <laughs> so yeah let's flip it up here to something positive maybe let's talk about a thing or two we like other we like about our shops and you know stevie talked about those led lights she put up in her shop led lights have changed the shop lighting game. I mean, for so long you needed like a localized light because your lighting was so bad. You had fluorescent tubes or you just had real localized lighting and you needed, you needed something on your desk. Well, now LED lights don't take up a lot of power. You can put them everywhere and there is nothing nicer than good lighting when you're trying to work, when you drop a washer on the floor and you can actually see where it went, when you're trying to get a photograph of something. I mean, good lighting is so nice. On my wood shop side, I have three um, LED bars that run, you know, two run across and then one right over my workbench. And I could probably do a fourth one, but three really light up that space well. They're LED. I've got them on a smart switch. So I just asked A-L-E-X-A to turn them on. She turns them on and off for me. Um, on the sh- Come on and I don't want to say, say it. And I'm going to set off everybody's, everybody's off yeah. right now. <laughs> then on my office side, I have an LED. Alexa, <laughs> play Britney Spears. <laughs> so then on my office side, I have one big centralized light. And it's a bigger light, but it's centralized. And it's a problem. And it's something I don't like on this side. I wish I had better lighting on this side. Because when we podcast, I have to turn this lamp on. Because I get a lot of shadow. Because the light's behind me. And I don't like the way it looks. I do have lights on my desk and I do have a lot of portable camera lights, but I love the lighting on this side. And if you're building a shop, LED strip lights, LED, now they make them where it's just a rope that runs across. Uh, LED lighting has come a long way. There's actually some really cool ones that came out a few years ago and they're pretty cheap now that have Bluetooth speakers in every one of the LED lights. So everywhere you walk in your shop, it's uh, Bluetooth out of your phone projecting sound down, which is cool if you don't shoot video, you know, for YouTube. <laughs> yeah. But if you know, but uh, it's LED lighting is so cheap now, yeah. And it 
the biggest difference for me, because I have 17 light strips in my shop, which is mm. like insane, but I love super, super bright light. And, but when they were all not LED, it would be like a hundred degrees in my shop yeah. because all these damn ballasts are like putting off heat. creating so much heat. Yeah. And the LED made a massive difference in the, the cool, you know, my shop's AC'd and, and um, spray foam insulation. So it's really good. But just that and the combination with the big motors on the machines, it would get so hot in there in the middle of summertime that the LED really made a difference. So that's a, a I think everybody should make up, make the upgrade. Now you can get like a four foot, four footer for like 30 bucks. So it's, it's affordable now. There was one other shop thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, when Stevie talked about she's adding on to her shop for that potential metalworking area. Uh, when my wife and I moved in this house, so it's a small house. It's about 900 square feet, the house, the shops, another 800 square feet. So the shop's almost as big as the house. And they're about Perfect. 50 feet apart. I didn't understand why when we got the new roof, we didn't put what I like to call super roof. I wanted to connect the roof of the shop to the roof of the house and, and go the whole width and then just have right. this giant covered breezeway between the two where I could build like a complete sports bar and then I'd never have to leave. I could just go from home <laughs> to the sports bar to the shop and back. And then in the end, I felt like it would add value because there's a bathroom back here. The house is only one bathroom, two bed, one bath, but I have a full bath in the shop. And I thought if you had a connected roof, I don't know. I tried to sell her on it. It, it, it got a laugh. I don't think I got more than that. But Super Roof may be coming. She patted your head and said, good idea, Dean. Good idea. We're going to do it my yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see where that's at in the budget. Oh, I didn't see a line item for Super Roof. Ah, this came down from the top. We're going to have to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review and subscribe. If you want to reach out to us or you know a maker with a fantastic project that deserves a deep dive, send us a message on Instagram at Making Our Way Podcast. You can find all of our latest individual content on Instagram and YouTube. I'm at Twisted Twine Woodworking. Austin is at High Caliber Craftsman. And Dean is at Dean underscore DePlantis. Have a great day. You know, they say it's a man's world, but it wouldn't be nothing without a woman. That's right. Here you go. James Brown. I love it. Yeah, I wanted to get us all stopped, but my wife said we have really good insurance. Oh so. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is like way cheaper just to, you know, use the insurance. <laughs> <laughs>